I'm gonna tell you something. I'm Star-Lord. I formed the Guardians. Met a girl, fell in love. That girl died, but then she came back. Came back a total dick. Oh, please. He left out some important information, but that is the gist of it. My sacred mission is to create the perfect society. He didn't want to make things perfect. He just hated things the way they are. you all to know that I am grateful to fight beside my friends. Incinerate them. <laughs> we were always searching for a family until we found each other. Are you ready for one last ride? fly away together into the forever and beautiful sky. Whoever it was that you were in love with, it sounds more like her. Her? Do not bring me into this. <laughs> Knock it off! What? I never noticed how black your eyes were. They were replaced by my father as a method of torture. He... he picked a pretty set. This podcast is sponsored in part by Benjamin Hart. That's me! And yours truly, Zach Arnold. And by participation from listeners like you. So let's tune in to another episode of... IPC. 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 The Intergalactic Peace Coalition Podcast. All the galaxies. All for you. What a rare gift to be able to say that nine years later, we are still standing. And I am just barely upright myself, but I'm so excited to be here with my good buddy, Ben. I'm Zach. And we are commemorating, celebrating, discussing a podcast that has over 360 episodes to its credit. And it is not going to be falling short any time soon it's a little bit late in the evening but that is par for the course for this show that has often gone until 1 or even 2 a.m sometimes and uh, i don't think we're going to be going that late ben but i'm still super excited to be here and super excited to be talking about 
our ninth anniversary. That is still just so wild to me. It is. It is wild. It really is. And it's it's amazing that because I said something similar about this on Facebook, but I'll, I'll say it to the wider audience. The fact that we're still sitting here is is in doing this is kind of amazing, but also kind of not. You know, I think I think if there was no podcast, we'd still find a reason to just come and hang out and and talk about what we want to talk about. The, the what's really surprising is the fact that nine years later, people are listening to this. Some of you are watching this and you're enjoying this and there's nothing Anybody that has dabbled in anything creative and anything even remotely like this, like there's one thing to create something. There's one thing to do something. It's another thing entirely to have someone actually enjoy it, and that's the best feeling in the world, and that's – we are blessed in that way that we still have people out there. Um, you know who you are who are still out there listening, enjoying the show, and you're still with us after all these years, and we could not be more thankful for you. Looked at our Podbean stats. We switched over to Podbean after a couple of years of doing it other ways, especially over on the old Mixler page. But um, on Podbean alone, since we made the switch, we've had over 34,000 downloads. That's wild. On on that platform alone. And that just kind of blows my mind. I I don't really know how to process that. Because um, I've been doing baseball broadcasting and uh, for the last uh, three or four years, baseball and football, and uh, none of my seasons that I've done sports for have reached those types of numbers. And so the the longevity and the strength that this show has continues to impress me. But uh, what's, what's also really cool to me is... Um, being able to celebrate with people, like you said, people who know who they are, who have been with the show since day one. And a lot of those day oneers are already in the chat. Uh, apparently, our friend Steven Schinder's show, uh, Delayed Replay, is celebrating its third anniversary. And there's a, that, there, there's a really cool story behind that, because I think having Steven on IPC may have given him the confidence or, or boosted the confidence to create his own show. I'm not saying that I'm taking credit for delayed replay, not by a long shot. I don't have the kind of imagination that he does to do a whole podcast about parallel universes, but to bring people on and to have people along for the journey that, uh, that have been with us as long as they have is just, it's so fun. Tony's in the chat as well. Tony used uh -huh. to join us on the shows back oh, on the old channel 1138 days. And so, um, you know, there, there's just some some very familiar faces that I'm excited to see with us that are still with us nine years later. I mean, dude, you know, nine years ago, I was a community college student. And now here I am, graduated from college, living in my own place. I'm freaking married for crying out loud. Like, Seriously. There's, there's a lot that's different. But then there's just something really awesome and familiar about IPC still being here and the franchises that we have covered over the years and the franchise that we get to cover tonight. We're diving back into the Marvel cinematic universe during this episode, which was like the second topic ever 
on IPC. If you go all the way I back, I knew to like it was way back there. Episode I two, I think we had a Marvel episode, and then episode three we had a DC episode, just so that we would seem like we were keeping things even. Um, but I mean, going all the way back to basically week two, and here it is, episode three sixty one. So some things just aren't meant to change. No. So uh, yeah, I, yeah, it, it's amazing how. Yeah, I have a lot of a lot of fond memories of discussing Guardians of the Galaxy on this show. Um, and here we are, nine years later, uh, talking about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. It's 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 incredible that uh, this show has lasted ten years, but also you know the almost ten years, and and the fact that we're we're still talking about Guardians of the Galaxy all these years later, and the yeah. fact that 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 movie, which still feels a little bit new, like the first Guardians of the Galaxy, feels like a new movie. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's not. It's 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 been around a little while. Crazy. You know what other movie has been around a little while? Um, it just so happens that the release date, the day we finally got our schedules to align to actually record this episode, happened to fall on the 21st anniversary of Attack of the Clones, which is so so crazy. <laughs> 21 years. I remember when that movie came out. <laughs> if that doesn't make you feel old. I don't know what will. Like my the first God. movie, I first Star Wars movie I saw in theaters was Attack of the Clones. Unbelievable. Uh, do you have a favorite moment from Attack of the Clones? A favorite memory? Oh, I just remember, you know, being, you know, I don't remember much about my reaction to the movie. I just remember sitting in the theater being like, okay, what is this? You know, Attack of the Clones this is a relatively slower moving movie. Um, I just remember getting to the Geonosis sequence and going, oh, yeah, this is my jam. Yeah, Jedis and droids and all this. God, this is Star Wars. Mm-hmm. What about what about today? Like when you look at it in a, in a retrospect, how does how does the movie feel for you as a part of the entire saga now? I think my opinion is only improved because, you know, I used to consider it the weakest of the saga. Um, and I still think it's one of the weaker ones and it, it got a lot of crap over the years and some of it is justified. Um, but I still, I always remember the good stuff. I always go back to, you know, what I really remember. And there's so many like, you know, okay, you don't have to like the acting or the dialogue or whatever else, but come on, Obi-Wan versus Django in the rain on Kamino. That's just, it's just so good. That was, that was the peak Star Wars before we had Mandos versus Mandos in the sky in the Mandalorian. You know, we, a Jedi fighting a Mandalorian was just peak. Um, and just all that. And just, and still like you have that end battle, which is, was the biggest battle we'd ever seen in the Star Wars movie up until that point. Still one of the biggest battles in all of Star Wars. So just, just crazy. I, I find myself quoting it the most also. Very cool. Like it's, it's a very quotable movie, either for meme purposes or for monologue purposes. I end up quoting Count Dooku's monologue to myself quite often where he's talking at Obi-Wan and Obi-Wan only has like a couple of lines here and there. But for the for the most part, he's just like hundreds of senators are now under the control of a Sith Lord like Sir Christopher Lee absolutely crushes it in that scene. And he's not that far removed from recording Lord of the Rings. And so, like, this guy is 
he's in his 70s, I think, and he is at a peak point in his career with those two franchises. It's it's amazing to watch. Yeah, the fact that and the, the fact that 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 speech is so relevant even today, even going back to that speech and going like, oh yeah, everything he said in that thing was true, and all the political machinations in his fall, and then we have Tales of the Jedi recently that add even more layers to his fall to the dark side and all this kind of stuff. Just, you know, still as much crap as Attack of the Clones gets for its writing, that's some really great writing, some really great dialogue, and some excellent acting from Christopher Lee. It really is. Like, I, I, I was watching a, a TV show earlier where one of the characters was trying to decide on whether they should take a role in a in a really bad movie. And uh, her her boyfriend was trying to cheer her up and was like, you could still be good in a bad movie. And I, I think I, I wouldn't necessarily call Attack of the Clones a bad movie. It's got a lot of strong points to it. But I would definitely think that the shining star in that film was Sir Christopher Lee. If they had gotten anybody else to be the antagonist, I don't think the movie would have held up as well as it does now. No, he's he's uh, the only the only flaw in that character is that he was sort of underutilized. Like he's at the very end of Attack of the Clones and he's killed at the beginning of Revenge of the Sith. But the amount of screen time he gets, there's so much gravitas there. There is. There really is. And I know Corey Burton tries to do his best on the the, the Clone Wars show. Um, and, and, and it's it's still fun to see Dooku's character get a little more depth and a little more screen time uh, in, in the animated version. But uh, I still think back to the, the Clone Wars movie that kicked off everything. Didn't they get Christopher Lee to voice Dooku in that as well? Yeah, that is Christopher Lee. In the Clone Wars movie, you get Christopher Lee and Samuel L. Jackson voicing both of their characters. Um, just, I mean, it, that movie, very weird. I love it. But, like, it's it's amazing that it's the last Christopher Lee Town Dooku we got ever. Pretty crazy. Yeah. yeah. Man, there, there's a lot of really cool stuff that's going on today. You know, last last week technically was our anniversary. It was like I, I, uh, the middle of the right. week. We didn't get the chance to, to actually uh, talk about it. I think it was the 10th was when our first episode happened. Um, but, you know, looking back at May of 2014, our lives were just so different. So, yeah. so different compared to what we've got going on right now. And the show has taken on different formats and different platforms and different structures and different time slots, different days of the week. Uh, we just happened to, you know, spontaneously go live uh, here this this Tuesday night, this random ass Tuesday. Um, <laughs> it's the best we could do. It's it's all that our schedules could figure out how to do because I've got a new soccer gig that I'm doing on Friday and then there's uh you know some other obligation happening on Saturday and your family's business is still going on and you've got to help take care of the barbecue place which by the way also today National Barbecue Day so we're gonna get to that as well Apparently, yeah <laughs> I saw that this morning on my way into work and I was like oh crap. We've got a barbecue segment to talk about, and it's freaking National Barbecue Day. We did not plan any of that. Technically speaking, 
this show hasn't even started yet because really all we've done is nostalgia all over the floor <laughs> and talked about stuff that we weren't even supposed to be talking about tonight. We've uh, we, well, we're keeping it simple tonight, okay? We get we get a chance to we haven't talked in a while because for, for the record, also really. I think the audience deserves an apology, okay? Because if you were wondering what happened to the April episode, well, the things I, w- I would love to say, oh, you just missed it. It just wasn't in your feeds. Uh, now, I'm sorry. It didn't actually happen. It literally just was – it just didn't happen, and it was a variety of reasons. Um, you were very busy. I will say just on my part that like – May, April, especially one of the busiest days, busiest week, months of the year for me because Star Wars Celebration was happening and there's a lot of stuff happening. So yep. for Star Wars Underworld, that was our big month and I was so preoccupied with everything and just kept trying to make it happen. It just never did. And here we are. So you were covering you were covering Celebration. You also had a birthday in April. <laughs> That's true. My wife has a birthday in April. My brother has a birthday in April. Oh my my mom has a birthday in April. There's and so many birthdays in my family, too, in April. Like, it's crazy. But then I also had a whole bunch of baseball games, and we were making right. a push at the playoffs and stuff. And we were playing two, sometimes three days a week. And so you you just compound all of that together, and all we can do is apologize. And that's why I tried to throw together a live feed on Facebook as well was so that there would be a little more something, something added to uh, this, this evening's fun because you guys deserve at least that much. You, you, you you deserve a a little bit of fun. And so I actually do have something fun prepared. Um, This is something that Ben wasn't even aware of, but um, one of our previous episodes, one of our previous anniversary episodes we actually played a clip from our very first episode of IPC. Oh, oh. And I, I went back and I found that clip and comes, come to find out um, because we were doing a, like a simulcast with 1138. Um, the first two minutes of the very first episode of IPC had John Williams playing over it. <laughs> the feed back on the old uh, channel 1138 the, feed when it would it would cross over sometimes overlapped and so you could hear the old galaxy quest music playing with like like episode 4 music and it's like and it's like like it's a fight scene type of music while we've got the jolly old space music going and it it's just a whole mess but I was able to to work on it and tweak it a little bit, and we've got a few minutes of the inaugural episode that we're going to play for you guys later. But first, we're going to kind of kick it back to the more traditional format. We're almost 17, 18 minutes into all of this uh, this nostalgia we've been doing, but uh, we do have like a like a format that we're doing under this new style, this monthly style that we've got, and the way we kick it off is by uh, adding my wife into the mix. My lovely wife, Edna, has provided us with Edna's Icebreaker. We were playing uh, FIFA earlier, you know, as a way for me to prepare Mm -hmm. for my new soccer gig. I started playing some FIFA in order to kind of get a feel for how it works and some of the soccer terms that you'll hear the game announcers play and stuff. And she just casually brought up this idea for an icebreaker. And it was... 
uh, if you had to tattoo one movie logo to your body, what would it be and why? And oh. I found this fascinating because I, I had to get specific with her and I asked, can I use like a sigil or a symbol from the franchise or does it have to be the actual movie logo? And she's like, no, it has to be the logo. So like you couldn't use the Rebel Alliance symbol. You couldn't use House Stark from Game of Thrones, which is what my choice would have been. It has to be an actual logo, the logo from the franchise. And that kind of got me wondering, like, what what logo would I actually use? What logo would I put on my body? And you know what? I, I, I finally decided that my answer is going to be what's on my hat here. I would do the skeletal outline of the Jurassic Park T-Rex. It doesn't necessarily have to be the whole Jurassic Park logo, but I would at least do the the black outline. I think that having some sort of a skeletal outline, especially on, on my pale skin, a black ink skeletal outline would probably look pretty cool. So I think that would be my choice. If I had to put a, a movie logo on my body, it would probably be Jurassic Park. Well, I I think you know what my answer would be. <laughs> I think. I, look, I okay, so I'm I because I'm thinking. Okay, well, obviously Star Wars logo, but like if I had to like pick a specific movie logo, I'm thinking. Okay, what's the what's the logo that is like the neatest looking, the coolest looking? Out of all the movies, and one movie that I probably enjoy the most out of all of them, um, I'm gonna go with The Empire Strikes Back. I think that would be a pretty cool, pretty cool tattoo, and just overall, just like, hey, I like The Empire Strikes Back. It's not a hot take. Everybody loves The Empire Strikes Back, but I especially love that movie. Right, right. I, I got to watch it on the big screen for Star Wars Day back on May the 5th, and that was probably my first time I've ever seen it on the big screen, and it is so yeah. fun to watch. It I saw so, Return so... of the Jedi on the big screen, the first time I'd ever seen that movie on a big screen, and it was incredible. Um, it, it It's just I, – I, I'm looking at it right now because I've got theatrical posters up in my, in my office. I've got um, – I don't know if you can see them, but I've got autographs over my head here yeah yeah i've got got an autograph wall i've got mounted tvs for video games and stuff over my shoulder here this is my new man cave and then in front of me i've got um theatrical posters and i've got the dark knight i've got jurassic park and then i've got empire strikes back and so the the empire logo is definitely one that is uh very iconic the stylization is is classic it's compact and it looks it, it would look really good as a tattoo. So I, I totally see where you're coming from with that for sure. Mm-hmm. That uh, kicks off the two minute icebreaker that should have been at the beginning of the episode. And instead, <laughs> it's more like um, we had an icebreaker for the icebreaker. 20, this is how 20, we do 20 it. minutes in. But uh, that that is one of the things that we're going to be talking about. Um, one of the other things we mentioned it a couple of times. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is the big thing of what we've been watching uh, mm-hmm. We've been watching uh, Visions Volume 2, but if you want to have like some really in-depth thoughts, I'm sure The Underworld has been covering that in great detail lately. So 
uh, y'all can go follow that page or, or other pages to hear some in-depth thoughts about some of those other recent releases. Um, real quick, though, I don't know if we've gotten to give our thoughts on the Mando season three finale on this show. Have we? Yeah, no, I think the last time we spoke, we were kind of mid season. We were, we were. So can we take like five minutes? Just absolutely talk, talk about Mando real quick, because I have some thoughts and I have some <laughs> complaints and I haven't gotten to voice them on a star Wars themed podcast. Like you have. Well, okay. Let, let me just here. Let, let's just do this really quick. I'm gonna say I'm gonna, I'm gonna take like 30 seconds and just say mine, and you can have the floor because I have talked ad nauseum about Mando mm-hmm. season three um, on other podcasts. Go back, Star Wars Underworld podcast. You can watch and or listen to that. Um, overall, I enjoyed the season. I had some major qualms with the back half of season three. Um, some that I went into greater detail on the pot on the Star Wars Underworld podcast. But needless to say, I think it mostly stuck to landing, but it was rough getting there a few times. And, you know, I I wasn't as impressed with the writing with this season as I have been in the in previous seasons. Um, and I think overall it was a fun season. I think the first, last couple episodes were some of the best of the series so far. Um, I just wish it had been handled better, and also it is a bit of a weird ending because, like, we know more is coming, and it seemed like a very final type of ending when we know it's not. So overall, a weird ups and downs with this season. It's confusing. It's it's really confusing because they do kind of an iris out, happily ever after type of impression, and uh it, it's just it's not the kind of vibe that i usually get from a show like mandalorian and so i think that was the weirdest part for me is like you said it gave it a sense of finality when we know right. that there's more coming and it felt almost cartoony in nature the way that they kind of did that iris out and the way that they had the little happy music going on as if everything was fine and dandy and nothing was ever going to go wrong for these characters ever again. Like, I just I didn't believe that I had a hard time believing that. And I still don't believe that. Um, but it, it it was it was fascinating to see the exploration of the Mandalorian culture, the way that they work together, the way that they clash Um like all of that was very fascinating. I love seeing what Mandalore looked like, especially after hearing all of the legends and stuff from uh, from the Clone Wars and from Rebels and finally getting to see it was really cool. But as far as impactful season finales go, season two was far more impactful when Luke shows up and Grogu has to say goodbye the the final scene where IG-11 sacrifices himself at the end of season one and then the post credit scene where we see the Darksaber in live action for the first time ever, like, by comparison, those two season finales are far and away better and more emotional and more impactful and drives the story better than the season finale that we got. And... I'm I'm hoping that it's just a blip on the radar, but I a part of me is also just kind of genuinely concerned that maybe 
the the warm reception that Grogu has gotten about how cute he is and how he likes to squeeze things and how he likes to play with frogs and how he eats eggs and like all of these memeable tropes they're getting oversaturated into the show because they know people like them and it's almost like i fear it's it's becoming almost like the minion movie where instead of watching despicable me because we love Gru, we've just kind of kicked Gru out of the equation and we're just watching the minions because everybody loves the minions i love grogu don't get me wrong but i love it when he's got a story rather than when he's hugging babu frick you know like i just i feel like i have come to expect more from the show and it didn't it didn't always deliver this season yeah it's i don't want to get into it i don't want to get into it i'm not going to get into it all i will say is just it's just painfully obvious that uh that after season two uh certain parties perhaps higher than john favreau were like um no grogu is not leaving the show you write him back in there as quickly as possible you get him back on that show um and that's exactly what they did and they even had to like show certain clips and scenes and stuff from book of boba fett in order to like help you get caught up and i don't know it it just kind of felt like lazy storytelling in certain places And, and it was it was frustrating to watch I'm still going to watch it. I still love exploring parts of the Star Wars universe that we've never gotten to see before. And that's exactly what Mandalorian does, is it it, it ties things together while also exploring new concepts. And, and, I, and I love that originality that it is based upon. But at the same time, if it becomes like a strictly adventures of Grogu eating frogs, then I don't know. I don't know how much longer I'm going to be in it. Yeah, the only thing, other thing I'll say, and I will, I will shut up after this because I've said so many things. But um, basically, the ending, the very, very end, kind of gives me hope that they're kind of going to go back to basics and you know, kind of go back to the way it was, which I didn't really want going into this season. But now I'm kind of making peace with it, and I'm hoping they can do something with it because I feel like this season was more about. Was was having some growing pains of trying to balance all this and st- establish not just the show but the universe as a whole and set up all these new shows and build out this era, and I think it wasn't done as as well as it could have been. Um, but I'm hoping that they can bring the focus back to those two characters and make it work and further justify, you know, why why they're continuing to have you know din and grogu in this in this show and and what are they doing in the galaxy yeah i i think the two of them have a great dynamic no doubt about it um i just i i guess the way it was executed this season just didn't settle well with me at times and i feel like that's a that's a justified belief that other people believe it's not like i've got a very hot take about any of this but this is my platform and I'm going to use it. Damn it. Before we go talking about guardians <laughs> volume three. Hot take or cold take. I'll do my. I mean, it's just, it's my take. I don't care if it's hot or cold. It's my take. I, I enjoyed certain parts of it and I didn't enjoy certain parts of it. And I, I wish it wasn't the mixed bag that it turned out to be. 
I, I feel like the, the Mandalorian fans have been patiently waiting for better than that. And, and it, it was subpar for the course this time around, unfortunately. Well, it's going to be interesting to see where Ahsoka goes. And obviously season four is written and on the way, but um, because of the writer's strike, it'll probably be a good while longer before we even see that. So um, I think right. we're going to be without Mando for quite a while before we get back to it and see what's going on. Probably looking like what spring of 2025 or something like that, at least. I would imagine because they haven't like Favreau said it's written, but they can't start. They're not going to start they shooting for probably they, another they, bit they can, i would I, you know that. probably they may like get it set up where they can start right when the white grider strike so yeah that's that well what is next is a is a really fun topic because like you said back in 2014 when we started doing this podcast we got to talk about the original of this franchise and now here we are nine years later talking about the end of the trilogy, 2014, 2017, and then a six year break from 17 to 23. We finally have some grown up Guardians of the Galaxy. If you take a look at how Peter Quill looks in 2014 compared to how he looks in 2023, Chris Pratt, I'm sorry, he, he lost a little bit of his youth and uh, he, he kind of looks a little more grizzled in this one but he still has some boyish charm but as we see in multiple instances when he's trying to flirt with Gamora or when he's trying to flirt with the uh, with with the with the other lady the red skin lady um there there are times where that boyish charm uh doesn't come across quite as well and so did this movie in your opinion have a different tone compared to the others because I felt like there were moments that's like, I know that they're recovering from the snap. They're recovering from end game and that kind of thing. Uh, everybody's tone is a little bit different after that, but I feel like this one in particular um, had just a different vibe to it because of the, of where the characters are at this point in their life now. Yeah. So like going into this, I was honestly concerned about the tone and the feel and how it was going to be thing cuz cuz like the trailers really didn't get me all that excited about this movie. They they looked good, but they weren't like they were darker in tone and I I do I love these movies because they are more lighthearted and fun and funny and you know all the music and great and that's what I loved about the first movie it's not this darker tone and I totally get why you go to the third one and it's going to be a little bit darker in tone and you know maybe a few less jokes and you know a bit more serious I get why that is but that's not really what I come to Guardians of the Galaxy for um so I was kind of standoffish and it's kind of cautiously optimistic about this movie because I'm like, ah, how is this going to sit? How is this going to really, you know, play out? Um, because you're dealing with a lot of stuff. You're dealing with, as you mentioned, um, Quill as a character has grown up and his, he himself is really at the bottom of many things. They, you know, the first scene is him being dragged out of a bar because he's drank himself silly again seemingly right. um and you know that's the point is that he's he's kind of lost everything and he's at 
at, at his at his lowest. Um, and this movie's kind of about him kind of getting over Gamora and getting back his life and getting back to his old life too, which um which it was great. Um but I I think they balance things pretty well. All said and done, I think it is darker. It is maybe a few less jokes. It is more emotional, but there's still a good many laughs. I was in a very crowded theater when I first saw this one, um, and there was plenty of moments where people burst out laughing and were having a good time. And I think the song choices were great, um, and it was a fun movie overall. And it didn't, and it ended up bringing it back around because I was again. It was just like oh, all this rocket backstory and rocket backstory rockets backstory from the get-go we've known is pretty dark so mm-hmm. dealing with that was going to be hard to watch and it is hard to watch at times but i like how they brought it back around at the end and it feel like because people were complaining about oh if you love animals don't watch this movie it's it's got you know it's got animal abuse stuff like that it's, it's really hard to watch and i agree there are scenes that are like that in this movie that are like you you may may not enjoy those scenes as much things but you're not supposed to enjoy those scenes they are hard to watch and they're very emotional but it brings it back around in the end to where you're cheering because uh you know i'm trying to avoid a few spoilers here just in case anyone has seen it but like there's there's a point to the really dark scenes and they ultimately come back in the end and you're like cheering because it's it's worth it um so overall I really did enjoy this movie. I don't know how I rank it in regards to things. I still think the first movie is a timeless classic that is so, so well done, so perfect. The second one, I really, really enjoy. I don't know if it's quite as good as the first one. And this one, you know, I think kind of brings it back around and is – I'm going to have to rewatch again actually because I'm going to have to because my parents want to see it, and i got to take them back to go see it. So okay. um, eventually I'm going to go see it again in the theater hopefully, um, and I'll have more chance to think about it. But um, yeah, this one's really – I think it brought the story to a close and also, also wasn't as depressing as I thought it would be honestly because um, – do we want to? How do we want to handle spoilers here? Do we want to go all out? Because I, I don't feel like there's a whole lot to spoil in this movie, actually. Uh, you know, we'll go ahead and give people a spoiler warning. I'll, I'll do like 60 seconds of, of some spoiler-free stuff, but I mean, I I did spoil a little bit already, so I, I'm not too terribly worried about it. For most people, I think those that have wanted to see it will probably have seen it by now, right? At least once, and then there are those of us that want to see it a second time so we can do a little bit of a deeper dive into it. So um, Steven's got a lot of thoughts. He was able to come back around and join us in the Facebook chat, and I'll try to incorporate those uh, comments as best I can with some of my thoughts as well. Um, I think this movie was good cinema. I think it had some really cool sci-fi incorporations i think it had some really deep character development particularly for people like groot and rocket and quill um i think it it opened some doors for even characters like drax who had been comic relief to have some some good heartfelt moments and that's needed in in marvel movies and it's needed to counterbalance some of the the deep dark elements that are a part of this film however like you said 
there is a certain balance that needs to be struck in order for it to be truly considered a timeless classic. I feel like Steven would probably call it a timeless classic. I think I saw in the chat that he's giving it like a 9.5 out of 10. I don't think that is as high as I would rate it, but I do think it's probably my second favorite Guardians movie. The the original Guardians is still my favorite, but I would think I would definitely put this one over the second one. And it's probably I'd have to like really, really make my like sit down and make my top 10. But it's probably in a top 10 Marvel movies as far as the mm. MCU goes. So I do give it a pretty high rating. I do have some high praise for it, but that doesn't mean that there aren't still some pacing issues, some storyline issues, some loose ends that I wish had been wrapped up or wrapped up in a different way. And uh, so I, I don't think I would call it a perfect film, but it was a very enjoyable film. I had laughs. I had cries. I had character depth and development. So I had all of these things that were noteworthy and praiseworthy that make it a front runner for one of my favorite movies of the year so far but it's very tight with the super mario brothers movie i really mm. love that one too i just saw that too and both of them have chris pratt and uh <laughs> and you both know, of them have don't sleep till brooklyn and looklin in them <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh the super mario brothers movie at the end plays Mr. Blue Sky by the Electric Light Orchestra, which is the music yes. that plays at the beginning of Guardians Volume 2. So it, it like this could be considered like Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2.75 or whatever the hell you want to call it. It's so the Chris Pratt Cinematic Universe. The CPC. <laughs> yeah, like we're going with that. We're going with that. <laughs> Sounds like I'm talking about computers when I say that. <laughs> but um, Stephen also says that uh, the Dungeons and Dragons movie is up there for him, and it just released on Paramount Plus. So I'm gonna give that one a try as soon as I have. I, a- I managed to catch that one in theaters, and I really did enjoy it. It's probably those those three probably up there is some of the best movies I've seen recently. That's cool. That's really cool. Um, let's talk about Rocket for a second. Yeah. Because the whole movie is basically about him. You you see the movie with Rocket at the beginning. And you you kind of see the, the perspectives of nowhere uh, from his point of view. You see some of the scars on his back after he helps Quill back to, uh, back to his quarters. And you kind of have this idea that, you know, something about this movie is going to be about him. And then out of nowhere, freaking Adam Warlock comes in and mortally wounds him, which Will Poulter. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Like, I haven't seen much of him since he was in um, the Chronicles of Narnia. Like, I didn't even know he was in those movies. (laughs) In Voyage of the Dawn Treader as Eustace Clarence Scrub. I didn't watch the Maze Runner films and I didn't watch Bandersnatch. So I haven't seen a whole lot of him recently, but I did see him in that and I did see him in We're the Millers. And so like my guys are getting paid. You guys are getting paid. Like he had 
he had that kind of a dopey character, that dopey, uh, too strong for his britches type of charisma about him. And I, I just, I don't think he's got the looks to back up that dopey strength. Maybe, maybe I'm in the minority there, but I don't, I don't feel like Will Poulter is that heartthrob that you can forgive him for being stupid because of how hot he looks. I, I, I'll admit when I first heard the casting, I was like that way, really that guy. Cause like, I don't know anything about Adam Warlock, except he's some badass dude from the comics who's gold. And he's this, you know, this legendary Marvel character. I knew nothing about Adam Warlock. I still don't know anything about Adam Warlock. Um, but like I heard that, I'm like, oh, Pulsar, okay, all right. I don't, I don't know where you go with this, but uh, you know, I'll, I'll things. I think he pulled it off pretty well. I think he pulled it off pretty well. Obviously, the whole point of the character is like he's, he's, it's kind of a, kind of a Thor-esque character. He's kind of an idiot. He's kind of a powerful idiot. And powerful, pretty idiot. And uh, he's not as pretty as Chris Hemsworth. Well, nobody is. (laughs) He's not half as pretty as Chris Hemsworth. He's not half as pretty as Chris Evans. Shoot, if his name was Chris, he'd probably be the ugliest one. You you can't really beat any of the Chris's, okay? Pine, Evans, Hemsworth, even Pratt. Yeah, I mean, when he was Parks and Rec Pratt, then Will Poulter would probably be hotter. But even after he got the abs, like Poulter's just he's just not on that same level. So I had a I had a hard time enjoying his character when he was on screen because I'm jumping ahead. I'm jumping way ahead, but I didn't enjoy seeing him as a member of the new Guardians. I didn't. Yeah, I that was. Yeah, it having him show up. Like I was talking to our, our buddy Star After, and 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 Star After had the opinion that like, well, you know, what what's the deal with Adam Warlock? You know how it seemed like a wasted character, and, and I kind of made some points to the contrary. I said, you know, I, he he served a purpose in the movie. You know, he was there. Um, he had a character arc. You know, you can't ask like story wise, you can't ask for much more. Um, from the character. But I, I, from a mile away, as I was watching the movie, I'm like, I can see people are not going to be taken to this character and maybe as much as they want to, um, due to the fact that he didn't, he just kind of popped up. He was kind of here and there, every other scene, and then he just kind of shows up and he's, 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 he's part of the team at the end. It's like, okay, where is this going? It didn't feel maybe earned, and it didn't feel like. Felt like he almost felt like an afterthought. It was just like, ah, oh, he's kind of there. We had to kind of do something with his character. And yeah, he saves cool in the end, but whatever. Um, so I don't know. I'm curious what they want to do. It felt like they were trying to set him up for like something to, to do in the future of the movies. But like this is this is the last Guardians of the Galaxy movie, seemingly. So like, is he part of the new team? What's what's that all about? I don't know what they're doing there, but um, yeah, it's 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 a bit odd. I agree. Yeah, because basically a majority of the cast has said if James Gunn isn't attached to it, then they're not going to be part of it moving forward. So they gave a lot of closure to a lot of characters, which I really enjoyed. But to open it up for Poulter to keep coming back, maybe in an Avengers movie or something. They really, really hyped up Adam Warlock at the end of volume two. Right. And I just. I didn't feel like it delivered. I didn't. So and maybe, it, it that, seems maybe, weird. maybe that's one of my gripes about this film. 
the post credit scene, even though they were fun, I love the I love the bringing back, you know, the red bone and doing that. Um, that that was a cool little tie-in. But like overall, if you kind of look at it, the context of like the filmmaking aspect of it, it's like, okay, what what are they setting up there? Because it seemed to be that they're not going to be, you know, they're not going to be returning these characters. You know, the Guardians are kind of done for at least for the time being. Um, even Chris Pratt. I just kind of said like, oh, I'm not sure I want to come back after James. And then there's literally a title card at the end of the movie. It says the legendary Star-Lord will return. And I'm like, well, okay. They're, apparently they're talking about something. Otherwise, they wouldn't put that in the movie. But what, what's going on there? I mean, you, Disney is one of the only franchises in the world that can throw enough money at somebody to convince them to come back to a role that they said they were done with. I, I thought Natalie Portman was done. If you'd asked me after Thor The Dark World, oh, is Natalie Portman going to come back as Jane Foster? No way in hell. And then along comes Thor Love and Thunder. So nothing is impossible. Nothing. Nothing is impossible with the almighty Disney. When when the mouse writes a check, people people respond. So it's it's very possible. But going back to, to Rocket's story and the fact that he actually kind of out evolved his maker was a very interesting storyline in the sense that he was noticing flaws in his master's design before his master was even able to notice it um to to see rocket that smart and that evolved at such a young age was really really interesting to see because um, I think for me, it shows that in the first two movies, he wasn't just a, a shifty, creative raccoon. Like, this dude is smart. He is capable. Yeah. And he is choosing this type of life rather than life forcing him to be that way. He probably could have gone to any world and become like a professor or a scientist or an inventor. And he's choosing. The life that he's living yeah because because he's ultimately a broken soul like and I, I like that he's he's so idealistic and he's so full of joy those even in the face of just horrible conditions being locked in a cage all the time and being with his friends like losing losing his friends really did tip him over the edge and turn him into you know the cynical a-hole that we see in the first Guardians movie. And I thought that was a great character arc. I, I thought, you know, it's heartbreaking to watch, but ultimately I think it was necessary because, and and props to James Gunn, because there's so many movies, so many movies. And I could think of Star Wars movies and other movies where you have instances where there is obvious setup. There is, oh, we're, we're giving you this question. And we're going to make you think about it for a while, and then we're going to pay it off later. And sometimes the payoff never comes. Sometimes it's just not in the cards because another director comes along and writes it in or another you know, whatever happens, and it just doesn't happen. Um, I love that James Gunn not only got to do his full trilogy but also was a good enough writer, and he's a great writer, I think, to bring it back around and have – 
you know, those moments where you, you see, you know, there's the moments in the first Guardians movie where you see his back and you see the kind of the metal components in the back of it. And you're like, well, OK, what's what's going on right. here? There, there's something there's nothing else in the movie about it, except you have that that thing that they have the fight in the bar where he's drunk and he's like, you know, he's, he's getting mad at, at, at Drax. And it's there's some stuff in there, but it's not spelled out for you. And the fact that they brought it back around and gave arguably the most complex and interesting character in the entire MCU, a truly great, you know, backstory and closure. Um, and just, you know, having him call himself rocket raccoon was, was pretty great in the end. Well, I think it's like an embrace of his identity and he, he's finally coming to terms with who he is. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's, and I'm sorry. No, as, as soon as as soon as I say something, it's like my throat is like, I hate you. Nope. You are not allowed to say anything. Not allowed to talk. As soon as I have a thought, it's like, nope, screw that. So I'm resorting to the root beer candy because I got to I got to do something for the throat. My oh, goodness. Mm-mm. But, um, yeah, I just I, I do like that, you know, they they went they went. They went the full length and they gave us the proper rocket backstory and it was really well done. And I, I was afraid there this going back to the spoilers here. I was going to mention earlier. I didn't want to spoil anybody, but the fact that no one really dies in this movie, there's no major characters. I was going into this movie, hearing all the actors talk about, Oh, I don't really want to do anything after James is gone. And this is going to be the last guardians movie. And it's going to be really emotional. I'm like, okay, we're, Rocket's gonna die, or Drax is gonna die, or you know whatever else. The fact that they packed so much emotion and heart into this movie and still didn't see the reason to to give anybody a a big sacrificial death. It was just about the characters and about their struggle and and where the, in them developing further. Um, because there's a couple of moments in this movie that like Rocket's gonna die. It feels like Rocket's gonna die, but he didn't. And I'm glad because he's a great character and they development and he's even more likable character after this movie because we know the most about him now. Well, and I think also when Rocket has his near heaven experience oh, and yeah. he's, he's on, he's on the verge of dying. And then Lila tells him, yeah, of course you can join me, but not yet. <laughs> like, Oh my gosh. I loved that because now he's got um, he's got an incentive to keep living. He knows that there is like a reward for him whenever his time does come. But in the meantime, he's got a purpose. And I think that's one thing that he'd been lacking up until that point. Like, yeah, he joined up with Groot and yeah, he joined up with the Guardians. But I don't think until Lila gave him that purpose in that near death experience, I don't think he really knew what his purpose was. I don't think he knew what he was supposed to be doing. And now he knows. And now he's got even more character than he than he had before. He's got even more depth than he had before. And I find it so funny that three, you know, CGI characters that we see for the first time in this movie give us so much heart and depth 
and then we 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 cry over these characters that we just met an hour ago. You know? Like yeah. The, the only the only ones who really die are the high evolutionary which we're going to get to in a second here because Shakuri Uji did an Ooh. amazing job. Great. Amazing job as the high evolutionary. But then Rocket's friends are are really the only ones that we see die, but Lila, Teefs, and Floor have three of probably the most dramatic and climactic deaths that you could experience because of the way that they were treated and because of the impact that they have on Rocket's character and the way that he responds to losing them. Yeah, and I love, I just love overall the, the character arc that Rocket's been on. You know, throughout these movies, I think, and 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 it's a credit to not just James Gunn, but Marcus and McFeely and all the writers of the Avengers movies and stuff like that. Just this this through line of starting in the first movie, you know, he's just this a hole that doesn't care about anybody, that hates himself, and then Volume Two, kind of having that connection with with um, Yondu, and then losing everyone and kind of going through the blip and realizing to kind of like learning to love his family and miss them while they're gone. And then this movie, like you said, giving him closure, giving him that thing of just like not only the scene, the heaven scene, but also that moment to make. I love the scene. Probably my favorite scene in the movie is him going in and finding all the animals and finding the raccoons and realizing where he came from and and giving him an opportunity to make up for what he felt was maybe his fault in regards to leaving them behind and not being able to save his friends. He got to redo that and actually fix what he what he what he started, which was great. Yeah, he he gets some he gets some redemption for losing the three. It's almost like he saves all the other animals as a way of making up for not being able to save his friends. And that's yeah. really um if we want to talk about deaths. Yeah, I think I think one of the other interesting deaths before we talk about the high evolutionary. I would say that there was a death of a relationship. Maybe, yeah, because the first two movies had been kind of a prelude. It had been a little bit of a dance between Star-Lord and Gamora. And then she comes back from the blip a different person. Because she doesn't remember those adventures. She doesn't remember Quill. She doesn't remember fighting Thanos. Like, she doesn't remember any of that. And so, Peter's pretty much back to square one, but he's experienced a lot of trauma. He's had a lot of stuff happen in his life, including fighting Thanos on Titan. So, like, this dude has been through the ringer for the person that he loved and now that love isn't reciprocated. And so, yeah, on the, the outside of, uh, of the complex, the living complex was it Orgo Corp or something like that. Yeah. Something like that. They, they have that conversation, uh, on the intercoms about how it's not the same person or whatever. And they, they kind of turn it into a, into a comedy thing. But I really think losing somebody, losing a relationship with somebody can be an impactful death on a person's soul 
Yeah. Because they don't have that connection anymore. They don't have that person in their life anymore. And you can see the way that it affects Peter throughout the rest of the movie after Gamora very violently shuts him down. I I was I was a little surprised by the Gamora Star Lord dynamic in this movie, being that you know you come into this and you know going back to Endgame, you know this this whole thing of him losing Gamora and you're expecting the payoff to that would be oh he's got to go all the way he's got to go back through the same character arc of trying to win her over and trying to win trying to get back with her and 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 fix what had been broken. Um, I appreciate that they didn't go that route, that, you know, it was it was le- it, w- it wasn't getting back with Gamora. It was getting over Gamora and right. learning to, you know, not not force himself on her, just like basically respect her her wishes and understand that, like, she is a different person. She is the same person, but she's not. And she's not into you anymore, dude. You need to kind of move on and. You know, I like that. I think that was great um, because I think retreading that would have been, you know, literally doing the same thing from the first movie, which just maybe not would have worked. Um, So now watching this movie, you're like, okay, they're not not a thing anymore. Quill has gone back to Earth and he's gone back to his family, which I think also was a great touch of just going and recognizing that, you know, even though he what he didn't voluntarily run away from home, he still had a family back on Earth that needed him. So that was that was a great little thing. And, and you know, I don't know what's going on. It seems I think uh, I think Zoe Zeldana might be done with the role. So maybe we just won't see Gamora anymore. Um, but seems that maybe maybe there's a future for, for Star-Lord and, you know, maybe future for other romances or what have you. Um, but I think that's a powerful message. I think it's a powerful message. I think I think because ultimately not every not every relationship ends with a fairy tale kiss and and ending. Sometimes no. it's rocky. Sometimes it ends with, "Hey, I have to move on from this person because they're not into me." Yeah, yeah, that's very true. What did um, what did you make of the the little intimated flirtation between Star Lord and Nebula? I mean, on, did you catch on to that? Like, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think the clip was in the trailer, too. But I like that they're they're like, you know, Nebula's not really into it. But I also love the the the, the character arc that Nebula's been on the past few movies. Oh, yeah. Um, just like come become coming from literally being the villain, just being this insufferable a-hole to being kind of the heart of the Guardians, kind of, you know, taking over for that role from Gamora and really learning from her sister a lot. Um, you know, I think it was a great thing. And I, I, I think that might be possible. I think it's, it's, it's entirely possible with, with Nimbiel still out there somewhere. Who knows? Who knows? He's, he's, he's into, he's into green and blue chicks. So who knows? Green, blue, red, like pink, I think in the first movie. So I don't, I don't think I don't think skin tone is really what what he looks for, but I think I think it would be interesting to see them try because it was Nebula that Peter said the MCU's first ever F word to. 
That was interesting. Interesting is like an understatement, dude. Like, <laughs> did you see it coming? I I saw a clip. Yeah, I I, I yeah, saw. Yeah, leaked, I saw the same I, clip. I saw a leaked clip before the movie came out, kind of telling people when to expect it. But I feel like if you were going to use it, it should have been used on something different than a bit, you know? <laughs> like, like not not about how to drive a, a, a stick shift car from an alternate Earth or how to how to use the, the buttons on a door like Rocket's character arc, I felt was very deserving of an F-bomb, you know? Like, if you're going to use it, use it wisely. And I feel like it wasn't used very wisely. If he was going to, like, introduce himself as Rocket Raccoon, it should have been Rocket and Raccoon or something, you know? <laughs> like, use it in a big moment. But she's just like, open the effing door. And I'm like, really? Really? It is. That's when you're going to do it? I I know I think it's I don't know I I kind of I kind of feel the opposite I'm kind of like okay it's kind of charming just to kind of go let's not do it in a big moment this is literally like this isn't just the first Guardians f bomb this is the first f bomb in the MCU um, and there's been several that they've avoided you know you have the infamous mm-hmm. you know yep. Spider Man what the f in at least two movies um, and then you know you had. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. You had uh, it's welcome to the freaking Guardians of the Galaxy, except it mm-hmm. didn't use freaking. And I liked that that you just like this frivolous scene and just like oh yeah, just throw an f bomb in there. Um, yeah, it could have been a bigger moment. And it's funny, I think James Gunn was talking on an interview. I can't remember where I saw it, where he he said that there was almost an f bomb in another movie. I think Endgame almost had an f bomb. Said that that one of the like alternate. An alternate take of Tony Stark snapping his fingers was just like telling Thanos to f you. Like that was a thing that they considered. Oh. Hmm. Um, which I don't. I think would have been powerful, but also kind of. <laughs> Man, <laughs> that would have been interesting. Can you, can also, you imagine, can you imagine though, like if the one culminating moment of something that has been a part of your life since two thousand eight. He looks at him and says a cuss word. Like, <laughs> you snaps. Like, how many times has that snap been memed? You know? Yeah. Like, how many times would the phrase F you get memed if that was the direction that they went? And, and, you know, there's there's the f bombs are coming up in the world. You, you heard about the the almost Andor f bomb, right? The whole yeah. the whole um, f the Empire was gonna be in Andor there for a while, um, which I think I don't know maybe spells that maybe we'll get us first Star Wars f bomb before too long. But um, yeah, just just weird weird that they came along. Now they've opened the door. Now we maybe we'll get more f bombs in MCU movies from now on. We got Deadpool coming, so we know more are coming. Yeah. Yeah, I still love the idea of um that that Tumblr post from years and years ago where they talk about how there's a a PG-13 Deadpool movie and he's like waiting for the most opportune time for for him 
to say his one F-bomb and then he loses it because somebody else says it before he has a chance to say it. And then somebody underneath the Tumblr post comments and says, it's because Wolverine says it. (laughs) (laughs) Or I would love it. Yeah. And now they're making Deadpool 3 with Hugh Jackman coming back as Wolverine. So I mean, it could. I I would I would love it if it was like or like you like throw throw Spider Man into the mix. Like have like a like they're like it's it's a duel between uh Wolverine and Deadpool and Spider Man who can say the first F bomb in the movie. Right. Um, and or, or maybe 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 the crux of it is just like an extra just says it like. Walking down the street, f you, like damn it! And then they they both look at him and they're like, "What the shit, man?" <laughs> yeah, and they're like, "Look, they, I could see like Ryan Reynolds just like picking up a strip, going like, Feige, you gave it to an extra.' <laughs> yeah, you got one f bomb when you gave it to an extra." Yep, yep. It would be very, very Robin Hood in that sense, where it's like, oh, yeah. "I lost. Wait, I'm not supposed to lose." <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's I can't that's, I can't wait for Deadpool three, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole other conversation. But let, let's let's take a moment to talk about the high evolutionary yeah. and his place among MCU villains. And what we thought of how his story slash the movie concluded. That way we can can kind of wrap it up because we still got a couple more things that we need to talk about tonight. Um, right. Um. Yeah, overall, I really did. I, I liked the character. I liked that he was just the worst. There was no, there was no, you know, there was no bones about, you know, oh, maybe he's got a heart. Maybe he's can be, you know, um, you know, somehow redeemed. Um, none of that. It was just he's an asshole. And he's the worst, and he's probably one of the worst MCU movies, movie villains we've ever had. Um, just because he's just so freaking evil, and and just you know, how can you not? It's easy to hate, basically an animal abuser. Um, that's 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 just the long and short of it. Um, and everybody hates those guys, so I think it's it's very good, and just to see what what he does in the movies. And and he gets his comeuppance. I like I like the I like the very very gruesome mask unmasking at the end is very satisfying. Well, and I I, I see it as allegorical to revealing the monster beneath the surface. Right. Like you 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 take the mask off of this this horrible horrible person and it reveals who he really is. And I I loved that about that scene. I I loved that his demise incorporated revealing who he truly is. Because a lot of the time, he was fairly calm and and felt in control. But the times that he lost control, you could see wrinkles coming across his face. And you could see that he was getting visibly upset, not just audibly. And so for that mask to come off both figuratively and literally was was a great storytelling component. Um, I found it rather monstrous to see how casually 
he was willing to dispose of entire civilizations. He, he would had build, a pretty high body count. He would build entire planets, entire worlds, have entire species coexisting and marrying and evolving and living like a family in the 1960s or whatever. And then if things didn't go the way he planned or envisioned, it's just like, eh, dispose of them. I'll try again. That is billions of lives, dude. Billions upon billions, trillions upon trillions. Just very flippantly. Whoop. Okay, let's try again. And to me, that puts the body count up there with with Thanos, honestly. Yeah. Like destroying entire worlds just because it inconvenienced him. That makes him one of the worst, in my opinion. And probably one of my favorites to see go down as a result. Yeah, it. Yeah, it, like Thanos is only saved by the fact that the the Avengers, you know, brought back all the people he killed. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but um, Thanos still had a pretty big height. Like this guy is like just flippant in with just the most the biggest stakes and someone who just does not care, has no – it's just all about, like Thanos, the mission, the uh, I want this. He's just the ultimate in selfishness of just like, and he he got what was coming. I I love I love the I love uh, Quill scene when they just go up there and he's he's wanting to monologue. He's like, chill with the whole. I don't want to hear about some some evil douchebags monologue about why his mommy didn't love him. Just save it. I don't care. Yep. Yep. I love that scene. I loved it. Because it it was it was very Guardians. That was probably one of the most Guardians feel move uh, sequences in the movie. It was like just Ruth as soon with as with all the guns, man. Yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah. Right after that, where he just pulls it out and every tendril, every branch is just a weapon. It reminded me of XR from Buzz Lightyear of Star Command. I don't. Oh, that's, a, that's a really it's a really deep dive, really deep dive. But there's a point where Buzz loses his weapon and he's out there with XR and he goes, XR, gun. And this tiny little robot, he just goes, XR, gun. And he just unfurls all of these guns that he's got tucked up inside of him there. <laughs> but anyways, um, let's go ahead and go into final thoughts because we still got some other stuff to talk about. Final thoughts and planet score of Guardians Volume 3. Oh, um, like I said, I. I was worried about how well it managed to balance just excellent, excellent, I think, some some really tough topics um, and some really emotional story beats and some really great character and also made it funny and made it entertaining and made it very, you know, enjoyable. Like, you can't, you know, all of the 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 animal torture is sort of like that that is a movie that is in there you know in, in sparingly um is all made worth it when you see that stampede of animals coming out of the ship and just like oh this is this is a this is a movie that's made by an animal lover i think james gunn is is famous for he you know he's put his dogs in the movie before and stuff like that too i think he loves animals and it's, it's shown through in this and just the ultimate overcoming of that evil is is great um and you know just a well-written movie 
not without his qualms. Like I said, I think Adam Warlock is kind of handled a little bit weird. Um, and there's maybe a few other things, but I really I don't have much to complain about this movie. Like it really did what it needed to do. It was a sad ending, and yes, they promised some stuff, but I would totally fine with this. And I I do hope that they just completely reboot it next time. They just do something. Don't try to emulate what James Gunn did. Just do something different and bring the Guardians back. Maybe hopefully in a you know new kind of way. But this movie gave a really good bookend to this, and I will I'll give it a nine. I will also give it a nine point five. I really have much to complain about here. This is a really great movie. I I think I do have a little bit more to complain about but i'm not going to go into it all that much i think i've thrown in a few of those nitpicks here and there over the course of the episode but i will agree with what um steven said in one of his most recent comments he said the civilization reminded me of the twilight zone a lot of those Mm, uh, yeah type of creatures reminded me of an episode of the twilight zone the old original twilight zone um so i i do like the imagination that Gunn used. I like the tying up of the loose ends. It's probably probably one of the best trilogies, period. Not just trilogies of the MCU, but it really is really solid trilogy. It's it's one of the most solid, complete, comprehensive, satisfying trilogies of our generation. And so with that being in mind, with that being said, I'll give it an eight point five because it it does have a lot of good things going for it, but I don't see it as a perfect film. So um, eight, eight and a half out of 10 is what my initial impression would be. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. I, I think 8.5 is still a really good, really good score. And I think I've seen a lot of really good, really good feedback about this movie that I think most, most people are pretty satisfied by it. So, which I think is, is great because some franchises don't necessarily uh, make it in the end. Sometimes they don't stick to landing. I think you, you you don't doesn't get much more popular and more highly anticipated than the third and final Guardians movie. So the fact that James Gunn is able to do this and uh, makes me all the more hyped for his DC stuff, honestly, because James Gunn's yeah. probably one of my favorite filmmakers out there, and the fact that. Pretty much everything he does, I either like or really love, um, makes me really hopeful because, yeah, Superman Legacy is coming in the near future, and I'm sure it's going to be good. Well, and he confirmed on Twitter that there are certain actors from the Guardians franchise that are going to make the jump over to DC and be in Superman. So right, and see, he and then he already did that with with this. He did. Um, peacemaker he had um you know several peacemaker actors he had uh i didn't even realize until today the the pink girl that's in the elevator with them that's like haggling with them trying to trying to get in the in the prison or whatever else um that's daniela melicor who was rat catcher in the the the, uh the suicide squad wow I didn't even yeah. recognize her. She was completely chameleon in there. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 the ways that they can cover you up with makeup and the versatility of an actor never ceases to amaze. Crazy. Well, dude, let's, let's take a short break and, and I'll play the little surprise that I had for people. 
Uh, oh. It's only it's only about four minutes, so uh, okay. it'll give us a chance to cough our lungs out and take a sip of water and whatnot, and uh, then we can come back with our top five top fives. We're gonna get super meta tonight on our ninth anniversary special edition, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we'll we'll talk about our five favorite of the top five segments that we've done. There's over 40 of them to choose from over our nine-year history, and we get to try to break down those when we come back with the ninth anniversary of IPC. Welcome to the Intergalactic Peace Coalition podcast. With your hosts, Ben Hart and Zach Arnold. Co-starring you, the fans. Sponsored by Channel 1138. So if you haven't been following us on Intergalactic Peace Coalition, which is uh, where we got our podcast from, everybody, then I would really, really strongly recommend finding it because we'll post some behind-the-scenes pictures and some of the, the work and yeah. development that happens behind it. Because for now, we are not a live podcast. This is a recording that you are hearing of us. But we hope to go live really, really soon, and we yep. have a lot of other really cool ideas that we want to do with the cast. But we can only do it with your support. So if you really enjoy what you hear tonight, please tell your friends, tell us... Um, some feedback on what you thought of the cast and what you would like to see happen because this is all fan-based. There were several different pages that all kind of came together to work on this and a few of them were run by Ben and myself, some of them some other friends of ours who have, like Ben said, been giving us advice on how to get a podcast started and it's just been a, a, a kind of a consummation. Tonight is the consummation, the the inaugural, the, the start, the first episode. I mean, there are so many different ways you yeah. can describe it, but one word that I think fits it best is awesome. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's going to get even better. As in, This is just the tip of the iceberg, folks. We're going to, we're going to, this is going to get so exciting over the next few hours. This is going to be a great show, and I hope you stick around and experience it with us. It is going to be an experience. It's going to be quite an experience. Um, just, just to give you guys a little bit of background on, on some of the credibility we have behind us here. <laughs> Um, just don't sit around listening to, to this podcast thinking, oh, well, why should I be listening to these guys? What kind of experience do they have? Um, I, I, very, I have very little uh, actual podcast and radio experience. This is one of my first times. But Ben has been a co-host on the Star Wars Underworld podcast for a few years now. Would you care to elaborate, tell some stories about stuff that's going on on those podcasts, Ben? Yeah, that has been an adventure, and it's and it's and it's launched me into being, you know, into this whole geek universe, I guess you could say. Um, just, I started a Facebook page on, you know, April of 2010, and some really great people came along and said, hey, let's start a website, and let's start a podcast, and it's been, it's been a whirlwind, and it's been absolutely fantastic, and um, yeah, we've been going strong for a couple 
three years now, I think, for the podcast. And we've been doing it live on Thursday nights, 9 p.m., right here on Channel 1138. And, um, yeah, that's been, it's been fantastic. And... Uh, just um, but we just talked Star Wars on that podcast, of course, Star Wars Underworld. Now this podcast, there's really no limits. There's really no limits here. We we can talk just about anything, just Star Trek, you know, Doctor Who, everything, and that's what I really look forward to. Is that just breaking this stuff all down and and extending our comfort zone? Because I haven't seen everything. Because I want you guys to tell me what I need to watch now. Because I'm not just I'm not just into Star Wars. I like other things. Absolutely. That that's one of the coolest things that I like about this podcast is we we do not diss Star Wars. I mean, the Star Wars Underworld has over 50,000 fans on it. We are not opposed to Star Wars. We are not in favor of Star Trek or any other fandom for that matter. We are in favor of peace, which is why we use the Intergalactic Peace Coalition. We want to try and establish a a peace and understanding between the different fandoms that there is not exactly one that is better than the other, but rather great things to experience from all of them and we exactly. hope to share some of those things here on the IPC podcast so the Star Wars Underworld over 50,000 fans uh, three years of a podcast it's got its own website and, and it was it was probably a, a big contributor to, to getting things started because I doubt that Channel 1138 would have started without the Star Wars Underworld do you think Ben? No, no uh, Chris Siegel, our good friend who's producer you know and you know and the the whole showrunner of channel one one three eight um it's is completely his idea his his brainstorm and and it came off of doing our podcast and just doing that that and he's always just coming up with new ideas and he came up with this said, hey, wouldn't it be awesome to have an entire Star Wars radio channel like oh yeah, that would be really awesome and it took him about a year. And now we're 24-7, music, radio dramas, talk shows, you name it, 24-7 days a week. And it's fantastic, and hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll fill in the gaps here and there over the next who knows how long. was a little four minute segment of the very very first episode of ipc and i played it for my wife before we did this facebook live video and it took her a couple of minutes before she realized what it was and then she she like immediately pulls the headset off and is like wait a second is that from the very first one and i just kind of smiled and nodded i was like yeah it was and she's like, no wonder you sound so different. So we've gone it's from weird. <clears throat> we've gone from having like these really strong southern draws and all this other stuff to, you know, sounding a little more professional, I would think. <laughs> Just a tiny bit, I hope. Maybe a smidge. But one of the things that we've been able to incorporate, um, it came well after um the uh the inaugural episode i think it right. took us took us over a hundred episodes before we finally came up with this idea but when we did it kind of took our community by storm and the more we did it uh the more popular and iconic it became and it's so funny because 
it was basically a listicle. You know, it, like it's it's those BuzzFeed articles that everybody hates reading but ends up getting addicted <laughs> to anyways. And we got our listeners addicted on listing top five something or others. And over the years, like I, I saw you put them in the show notes. Episode 122 was our, our first time doing this. And since then, we have done 42 episodes dedicated specifically to a top five segment. But then we've also had certain episodes where there are top fives included, even though it's not a top five centric episode. And then we've had others um, where maybe they just kind of randomly drop them in there anyways, just for the hell of it, because they can. And so we've had anywhere from 40 to 50 different top five conversations over our nine year history. And we finally figured, hey, it's about time that we actually talk about what some of our best top five discussions are. It's our ninth anniversary. We're going to get hella meta here for a little bit, and we're going to be self-referential and do a top five segment about top fives. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and like, like uh, when you came, came up, with, up this, with this, I was I like, was like Oh my oh God. God, you know, this is, this is really great. I love the idea of this and I just have so many great memories of doing these top fives. And it's crazy that going back to episode number 122, like we were well into this show, you know, over a hundred episodes before we even thought of the idea of let's do a top five episode, yeah. <laughs> which is, it's crazy. But, um, I love it because it's been one of my favorite ongoing segments that we've had on the show um and you know it's the feedback is always great um uh, we've had to scale it back in recent years because it got to be a little too much sometimes um yeah. because we would share it across a lot of different pages and we just got so many different comments um we still want to take care of you guys that are they're still listening and have been with us from the beginning and uh yeah we got some great responses tonight um and i had a lot of fun making my top five as we started the show tonight, because that's how I roll. Yeah, we're, we're always last minute like that. You said you were driving home, and <laughs> that's when I started making mine. So, like, I, I haven't had mine put together Actually, for very Actually, I will say, either. my number one, I put in a couple days ago. I, okay. I, I had that one down. That okay. one, the number one was there from get-go. So, that one I was pretty confident in. Let me, let me try to rattle off a few of these for y'all. I'm not going to rattle off all 42, but... We've had some really, really great ones over the years. It started with me being very specific by talking about the top five movies you would never say no to. Because I always I always said that there is a difference between that and your top five favorite movies. Case in point would be something like V for Vendetta. I love the movie V for Vendetta, but I have to be in a certain mood for that one. It's not right. one of those ones that if somebody says, hey, you want to watch V for Vendetta? I am always going to say yes. So there are certain movies that I would never say no to. And I'm virtually certain that that list that I made back in episode 122 still rings true today. Like that list is still the same. But then we've done TV shows. We've done heroes. We've done villains. We've done Star Wars episodes, Marvel characters, anticipated films of 2017, 2018, 2019, what have you. We've done musical editions. With like songs that we always jam out to or John Williams or film scores or TV intros. We got meta one time in episode 305 talking about our top five podcasts. 
We were on a podcast talking about our favorite podcasts. Uh, dinosaurs, TV series that are perfect, post credit scenes. Most recently, we did top five threequels. So, like, we have been on a broad spectrum of TV, music, movies, any kind of entertainment you can think of. I think there's one that's top five video games, and I just came up with a whole bunch of BS answers because I don't play video games all that much. But we have we have done so many different top fives. I can't wait to see what ours end up being. But we yep. did get a few submissions, not a lot, yep. but, a, but a few uh, in preparation for this ninth anniversary episode. And so for those of you that have never seen us do uh, a top five before we're literally just ref- reading off the submissions that other people wrote into us. So um, I'm just going back to the uh, post that you made over in the intergalactic peace hangout. And I think we've only got like maybe three or four submissions. Cause right. we, we did submit it a little bit late, but um, I'm still, but definitely I'm still excited to talk about definitely. Um, if you are, if you're listening to us, definitely go join the Hangout if you already have, because that's where you get um, right. notifications, sometimes late, of these, um, and you get notifications of when we go live, because that's not always consistent. Um, and then you get maybe occasionally an apology saying, well, wow, we didn't do an episode this month. Um, we're promised we'll, we'll, that won't happen very much. Um but the rest of it is very important to keep in contact with you guys. And I just I like the you know, like we have a page, but I, I like the group element. It's it's great for the page has like two thousand followers. The group has like seventy five. So you you just get a lot more access. It's the, it's the core. It's the core group of people that really care about the show. Yep, it's the important ones. So we're going to we're going to list off the lists of those important people, uh, starting with the first person to respond. I think it was Joey Mays, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, so um, he leads us yeah. off with a joke. This, this is Jolly Joker. We have always been super butthurt over people saying <laughs> in no particular order. And of course, by us, Joey. you mean me. <laughs> I mean, I was trying to, like back you up because it's not my favorite thing in the world either so we're, we're a team on that we're a team on that but he goes in no particular order just kidding when this comment just, popped up i was like you son of a ice <laughs> ah that's joey um because yeah there's there was a few comments and i'm like no particular order they didn't listen in particular i'm like what are you doing right in no particular order, five, four, three, two, one, and I'm like, well, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> it's what a top five. At? It is a particular order. That's the point. Oh man, we're triggering Ben again just by talking about this. <sighs> yeah, it's it. Look, it's bringing back things. See, Joey, you set me off. All right, <laughs> exactly what he intended to. Yep. So Joey's list is as follows: at number five, top five John Williams tracks, episode two hundred six. Number four top five Pixar films at uh, 195. Number three is the top five episode arcs of Star Wars, The Clone Wars. Um, That was episode 138. At uh, number two, top five favorite TV shows, episode 123. And he says, I still have my notes for this one. Oh my gosh. 
And then his favorite one is episode 122, actually. The very first top five we ever did, top five movies you would never say no to. He throws in a little extra comment. My favorite top five was the first one, I guess. Like, sometimes you just got to keep it classic. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I knew that, but um, it is weird to think about that. That was the first one. That was the first one we ever did. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... We got Steven and Matthias are the only ones that also sent in a list, aren't they? Right. So, uh, At Steven's... least five. It looks like It looks like our friend Dan Grievous was thinking about making one and then wasn't able to reply uh we we didn't this was it had about a 24 hour a little more than 24 hour notice on this so i apologize to anybody who didn't get their list in we'll try to do better in the future with our prompts um but also this is a bit of a bit of a tough one tough one to uh think because uh look i can't even like i i barely remember like i am on podcasts and I don't remember what I said. I can't tell you. I could not tell you for the life of me, gun to my head, tell you what my each of my top fives were no. on any of these podcasts. No, any of I, them. I've got I've got show notes for that. Like that's why I fill in the show notes. Like as it's happening, like I I add on to it because I'm gonna forget. But I think the only one that I really do remember is the top five I never say no to because, like I said, I don't think that list has changed in the last like five six years. So right, um, right. that's that's probably the only list that I might be able to recall. Guardians of the Galaxy was probably on my top five movies never say no to. I know that for a fact. Guardians. Might have been number one. I don't know. I'm not going to speculate. Guardians, Empire, Jurassic Park, Dark Knight, Lion King. There you go. That's my five. There you go. There you go. Okay, so Steven has one, and he says, uh, I kind of knew top five. Top fives would be inevitable, would inevitably happen. He says, honorable mentions, uh, fives from from Star Wars Clone Wars. He was right, and he was so close. R.I.P. in Intergalactic Peace. Gotta love fives. This is – Steven just made it more meta. <laughs> right, and and then look Shout at this. Look, look, what, look what this son of a bitch is doing. <laughs> In no particular order. Oh my God, he's just—he's messy. He's like this is self. This is bordering on self-parody at this point. And and of course, of course, I left this one for you to read, and then I'm going to read Matthias's. Oh yeah, so you're just going to give me an aneurysm live on air? Um, have to read the one that's in no particular order. Yeah, and also there's no numbers on these, so whatever. So um, I'm just going to read them and see what happens. Uh, Number 266, episode number 266, uh, our top five Jeff Goldblum films. Forgot we did this one. Um, It was so hilarious hearing Zach lose his mind over me putting cats and dogs above Jurassic Park. My views have changed, but I would do it all over again. And again, Zach gave Zach a reason to use the booing sound effect. Yeah, that was back when, that I, was... back when I had sound effects on my phone. I used to have an app where I could just push buttons and then put it up to the microphone. And I and I had uh, a Schindler's List button that I could push. Yeah, yeah. For yep. when for when Steven Schindler gave us this list. Obviously, we don't do that anymore for sensitivity reasons. But um, that, that those were those were some good old days. 
Oh, gosh, yeah. And then another one he reminded me of is number 305, Top 5 Podcasts. He says, I co-hosted this one and may have suggested it as a as a, 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 a RIPC. Uh, it was so meta, and I gave people a chance to share their listening habits. Um, this one, yeah, this one was one. I don't think you were on this one, Zach. Um, it wasn't. But, I don't – ironically, I have been on a lot of podcasts. I don't listen to a lot of podcasts. I listen to Office Ladies, and that's about it. I got – I think we've discussed it before. I think that's one of the reasons why we did it because we're like, Zach probably wouldn't have a top five for this, so let's you and me do this um, mm-hmm. because I think I've listened to a ton of podcasts. Um, I think Stephen listens to a lot of podcasts, and that was a lot of fun too, talking about my my podcast. I don't, I don't get to talk about podcasts on podcasts, so right. that was a really fun one. Um, it's not on my top five, but I think you could probably say it as an honorable mention for me. Um, he also says a number three thirty two top five fan theories. All he says is, "I was on this one too." <laughs> he's just I'm picking the a, ones that he's been on. Sensing a trend here, the ones that he enjoys are the ones that he was a part of. Hmm. Okay. All right. That's that's a bias, I suppose. That's, that's um. Fair. Uh, number three fifty six. Our Top five non-franchise films. This is actually a kind of recent one. Uh, oh, I was really proud of this idea and have you guys went along with Oh, that was Steven's idea. All right. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good one. That, one. that one was his idea, and that one was not easy. Like, we we, we no. bitched and no. complained about that one a lot because it was like, man, this is not an easy one to do. But I was proud of the results and proud of the responses. It, it required a lot of creative thinking and uh we 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 did it so yeah that was that was a really good one um also i'm just reading the last one uh how dare you steven how dare you his number one choice or maybe his number five choice because in no particular order i don't no give a crap order, who number knows? 361 top five top fives because it includes mentions of other top fives i like number 361 is this episode guys he put this episode on his top five list how dare you <laughs> it's such a cop out but it's also just super meta and super steven i love it it's 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 all yeah it's it's super steven it's super this episode because we're just all about the man and also he adds uh also i just remembered listening our top five seinfeld episodes though the episode may have been about seinfeld in general and not solely a top five episode mm-hmm. same with the top five clip show episode being part of something else i think yeah we did because yep. I actually the 42 that I managed to get from our pod being was just like the ones that have top five in the title. I know there's other episodes where we just kind of threw in top five. So like you said, we're quite closer to 50 top five episode type type of things we've done. In 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 its totality, it's probably closer to 50. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to pause before we read this last five for just a second because um, our buddy George is actually in the Mixler chat. We've been focusing on the Facebook chat, but uh, George Rivera has been a longtime listener as well and sent us congratulations saying happy ninth anniversary, guys. Hard to believe the show has been online that long. He was also congratulating me on a on a great season for Colts baseball. George actually tuned in to high school baseball games that were half a country away. Just because he wanted to to tune in to whatever it was I was broadcasting, and that is some true loyalty. So George is just one of the best, is he not? He's he's a real one. He is he is super awesome, and I really appreciate the support. And I appreciate Matthias's list 
Although with my voice crackling and giving out. Well, okay. This is going to be look, fun. Look, I <laughs> could look. I'll take this one because my voice is fine. If you want to, I know it's not not evening out here, but I don't want to put an undue strain on you because we got a little bit more to go. Well, let me let me see how much of this I can get because um, I can at least mention um, the honorable mentions and the actual lists, and then okay. maybe maybe if we have time, we can circle back to all of. Um, all of all of the other thoughts because he he does have some thoughts on Guardians Volume Three, but we're kind of focusing on the top five stuff right now. Right. So um, he's got honorable mentions: uh, number one thirty-seven, top five Clone Wars episodes; two twenty-three, top five TV theme songs; two fifty-two, top five film scores. Those are all really really great. Yeah. At number five, he's got episode three fifty-two, which is top five quote-unquote perfect tv series so many great series that were suggested some that i had forgotten but definitely should not have very fun one and so many great reasons to re-listen to as well episode 305 clocks in at number four for him top five podcasts very much of the same very meta so many great suggestions some that i have added and some that i already agreed with great fun and played on the greatest podcast ever you're too kind um, episodes 206 and 207 make up number three and number two, your top five John Williams tracks, and then our top five John Williams tracks. He says these are both fantastic, and the man, the myth, the legend, John Godbleep Williams is phenomenal at making those scores, and it was spectacular to listen to. His very favorite one, though, was number 138, which was top five episode arcs of Star Wars The Clone Wars. He says, this one is obvious if you know me. The Clone Wars was what made me a fan of Star Wars, and there's so many great suggestions in this episode. Although you probably should revisit that list now that we have season seven. Just saying. Man, our our list is think about that. Our list is out of date now. Man, I wonder how many of our other reviews are out of date now based on other releases and stuff. He says, such a great episode, and I'm always excited to re-listen to it whenever the time comes as well as everything you fantastic guys are going to do in the future. Man. Sorry, could have made it shorter, but didn't see much how to to cut out. He says um, he's wondering where Peter's space mask is. And uh, and then apparently there was a, a comment that you made about uh, or, or on the underworld where you sounded like Savage Press. Oh, yeah, I went full. I went full dark side. On the Underworld podcast, one there was one one moment of Mandalorian that um I that drove me insane. Um, so uh, I won't get into that because I'll just I'll just fall back into that rabbit hole. Don't drag me back in there. I, I've I've crawled my way back out of that, Matthias. I don't need that kind of darkness in my life. Okay, I'm trying to recover here. Well, let's uh, let's keep things on a on a bright note then, and uh, say thank you to all of those folks that submitted lists and have been sending congratulations messages uh, over the past week, or those that are uh, listening live, like George is over on Mixler. Be sure to go follow us on social media if you're not already. IPC Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, you see our usernames here on Facebook Live: Zach the Voice underneath mine, Ben Hart with no E underneath his. Um, we've got link trees that you can probably go and find that have links to pretty much everything else that we do because IPC has a link tree to our our 
uh, to our Podbean, to our T Public, to the Zach the Voice page uh, on Mixler, where we do these broadcasts from. Um, I'm doing stuff for local soccer teams and high school teams and stuff like that. So um, there's there's just a lot going on on our different socials right now. So be sure to go and follow us and subscribe on all of those different platforms so you know exactly where to keep up with us. But it's time for our top five, and then we're going to celebrate National Barbecue Day after that. So, uh, yep. Ben, if you don't mind, usually you lead off when I'm hosting, but I'm I'm going to go ahead and, and, and go if that's all right. Yeah, that's fine. I'm going to give an honorable mention to something that's technically not a top five. I really enjoyed our Keep 3 episode. Forgot about those. Yeah. Where, where we tried we tried to mix it up a little bit and we gave like nine or 12 options and it's like, you can only keep three. That one was probably one of our most viral social media posts and had the most responses and doing the tally of which ones got the most votes and stuff from the hundreds of comments that we got was really, really fun to see. That was probably some of the best social media engagement IPCs ever had was from that Keep 3 episode. So that's going to get an honorable mention, even though it's not a top five. But uh, clocking in at number five for me, this was a really fun discussion, and I loved the variety that it brought and actually made me do some Google searching a little bit. I thought I was fairly knowledgeable on this subject, and I turned out to not be as knowledgeable as I thought. But one of my favorite uh, memories of doing top fives was when we did top five Star Wars creatures. Oh, that was I, a good one. I had I had all kinds of stuff on my list, and then people were mentioning creatures that I didn't even remember or hadn't thought of. I think somebody put Isalamir on theirs. Uh, we had we had Aklays and Colo Clawfish, and just you know, it wasn't just Rancors and Zillow Beasts. You know, like this one brought about some of the inner Star Wars nerds on our page, and it was fun to see. Yeah, that one that one was a lot of fun. And I love the ones that are like specific, but also still broad, still yeah. like out there and uh, real weird, real weird. I love that episode. Um, for my number five, it's one that kind of encompasses a running, kind of episodic version of the top five. Some that we would do every single year um and of course those were the top five most anticipated movies of x year yep. that we did pretty much every year and i always those are some of the most fun episodes of all time because it was it was the first episode of the year we've been on break and we come back we that was always kind of the understood first episode of the year um and it was really just a lot of fun to to do those and so it may sound like a cop-out answer to say that, but I actually have a specific one in mind. Um, oh, really? And it's a, it's a very ironic one um, because I couldn't oh. help but look at the list oh. and go, okay, you know, most anticipated movies of 2017, 2018, 2019, yep. 2020, and then there's a gap. <laughs> there's a gap after that. Yep. And then literally the next episode after 2020 is top five, uh, I think it's movies or TV shows to binge during quarantine. <laughs> yep. 
And so for that, I am singling out top five most anticipated movies of 2020 as my favorite. Just the fact of most of the movies on my list, I did not see in 2020. Right. <laughs> it was like two years later. I think one of them was Black right. Widow, and it didn't come out until at least a year and a half later. So, um, yeah, that was uh, – those were always fun, but that was just a, a different time. A different – just – we were so naive. Yeah, we really thought we'd actually go see movies in 2020, and then we didn't even see each other, so – 2020 was was a wild year because i saw you in december of 2019 (laughs) and it took it took like what three years before we saw each other again crazy uh 19 20 20 21 it was december of 21 so from december 19 to december 22 years wow and the I mean, technically speaking, we're still not out of the pandemic, I guess. But, um, you know, it, it, it was definitely still kind of full force when I saw you then. And that was a long time after that. Yeah. Oh, yep. but there's, um, there's a, that was that was that was a crazy year. And it was it, it was fun to to talk about them and even more fun to to laugh at our naivete that that happened right after that. Yeah. But I'll, I'll let I'll let the folks at home in on a little secret. Um, we started doing those top five anticipated movies of the year to create a database of what movies we needed to review that year. You're right. I forgot. That was, that. that was like the real angle behind it was, okay, we are really excited for, you know, Planet of the Apes and Guardians and Star Wars. But, you know, what are the folks at home excited for if we get a lot of submissions for this pixar movie that's coming out this year then we need to add this pixar movie to the list as well and so we would we would put it out there to see what we needed to include and at one point didn't we have like an excel spreadsheet that had it like month by month week by week okay this movie comes out this week so we're going to give a two-week grace period and review it like the third week of july or whatever and we just we had yeah, we we planned ahead because I mean even back we were doing weekly episodes it was hard to fit in all the stuff we want to talk about um, because you know there just there was and still is so many movies coming out all the time and it's, it's hard enough to get out of the movies theaters and see them much less um, actually find time on the show to talk about them. Yep. Yep. So we make the most of what we can and try to celebrate when big achievements are made. So that's why we're here for the for the ninth anniversary live special. And it's after midnight our time. It's after 1 a.m. out on the East Coast. So I'm sure Star Raptor isn't watching this right now, but uh, maybe he'll catch it afterwards. On to our number four. My number four is one that I really enjoy going back and listening to, mostly because you did a fantastic job editing this episode. Oh. I I really, really enjoyed the editing job that you did for our top five TV theme songs. Because I listed some rather obscure ones like Wishbone from PBS. And you were able to go and extract some of those songs and actually have them play on the Podbean edition. And so the... Top five TV theme songs is one that's a personal favorite of mine just because 
not only do I get to hear that list over again, but thanks to your editing skills, I get to listen to those actual theme songs as soon as I rattle them off. Okay, so you will know from watching or listening both this show, especially our, our top five episodes, that there is this thing happens with, with the, the top five segments where as as maybe we don't make it apparent, but it, it seems pretty obvious to me that um, we do not reveal our episodes. We do not reveal our lists ahead of time no. to each other. We we no. don't know going in what each other have on our lists. No, it's part of but, the fun. But there are occasions where we are on the same page about things. Sometimes they're not just even on – We they don't just share on our lists. Sometimes they're in the same spot. Oh, shut up. And oh. so for my number four is also episode number two, two, three, uh, top oh. five TV theme songs. And it's pretty much the same oh. reasons um, that yeah. you laid out, um, except for the fact that I had a lot of fun editing that. I'm very proud of that episode. Wow. And it's 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 it kind of goes back to something that. I was talking to you privately about it. It was just like, I've learned a lot from my PC. Yeah. Uh, I got a lot. Of, I got a plenty of chances to actually do some editing on this. And I kind of learned to edit podcasts because of this show. Um, right. I did the Star Wars Underworld podcast before I did IPC. And I'm still doing it, thankfully. Um, but... I never did editing on that show, okay? I basically just showed up to that show, and everyone else did everything else. Um, I never really got a chance to flex that muscle. Um, so when IPC came along, I was obviously kind of thrown into the deep end, and I learned, and I really learned to love editing. I still really enjoy it. I usually don't have time to do it, generally speaking, um, but I really enjoy the, the, the art of editing. Um, and I especially learned to love it doing episodes like tv theme songs where i just put them all in it was great and yes technically maybe not totally legal because of copyright infringement but uh if you don't say anything we won't say anything um but that was one of those episodes just like he's like ah yes I'm, it was so much fun to do that and and i'm very proud of things so i i think it's, it's still up on the feed so definitely go listen to it because it just and there was so many great tv theme songs so many mm -hmm. it was so nostalgic for me going back to them oh yeah Oh yeah, my my brother still listens to that one. He'll he'll go back onto something called Castbox, which is oh wow some some app that he's got to be able to listen to podcasts on. And every now and then I'll be over at my parents' house and I'll hear him in his room, and my voice will be talking. <laughs> and then right after that, you hear the Wishbone theme song go on. <laughs> like, oh, I know that episode. I remember that one. I had a fun time with that one. That was a good one. So, yeah, that's a that's a really that's a really special episode for us, I guess. Yeah. And uh, spoiler alert that you will notice a trend after this in my top five list. Um, oh, I, I, I think I, I think I, there's there's a, there's a definitely a trend in this um, that um, you will notice towards idea. the end. I think I have a decent idea, but uh, let's go to my number three and then we can we can kind of round out this a little bit and call it a night because we're both probably pretty tired. <laughs> Um, it's been a long day. It has been, and we're coming up on two hours of this episode. And I told my wife I'd try to be in bed by twelve thirty, and I already lied. So, um, 
number three is going to be top five duos. Oh. I really enjoyed the idea of not just picking one particular character, but one of those types of characters where you can't have one without the other. You can't have Buzz without Woody. You can't have Timon without Pumbaa. And so to to be able to come up with those types of characters and create an entire list out of them and get entire lists from other people, you know, Mike and Sully from Monsters, Inc., you know, characters like that, that are just iconic together, but by themselves, maybe not as iconic. It was a very specific and yet broad prompt that brought about a lot of creativity from people. And I was I was particularly proud of how that episode turned out. Yeah, that one that was from kind of kind of going way back there. It's kind of the early days of kind of like, oh, anything we can do. And, um, you know, one of the things was like, oh, yeah, there's so many there's so many duos. And you don't you, when you think about it, you're like, OK, what's options? No, there's so many. Han and Chewie, Buzz and Woody, Rocket and Groot. You know, they're just so many Aren't, that are great. And yeah, yeah like and there's so many and then there's some that are like, you know, you don't as I think of right off the bat, you know, I don't know, Star Lord and, and Gamora, you know, there's so many just in movies that you don't necessarily think of. Uh, Han and Han and Han and Leia, <laughs> Han and Luke, you know, you could put so many characters together that instantly go together. But yeah, that was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And so my number three is not the same as yours. Um, so it's completely different. Um, we're not on the same page on this one, but uh, I will say it's a great one um, oh, because I loved and grew up on PBS shows, as we all did. Mm-hmm. And so it was a real treat to do episode number 249, top five PBS shows. And you just go back and talk about Arthur and Zoom and, you know, Wishbone and all those shows. Because, I mean, I freaking yeah. grew up on those shows, man. That was Liberty that was kids the Cyber oh, Chase. Yeah. Cyber and... Chase, man. Like that was those shows yeah. like and I really like I I probably watched them until I was well out of the demographic for what you would normally oh, like yeah. kids normally oh yeah like I, I was i was probably i was watching cyber chase probably when i was a teenager probably early teen did you know they're like, still making episodes apparently because i i saw i saw christopher lloyd tweet about cyber chase the other day i'm like holy crap they're still doing I, it i i was channel surfing and came across an episode of cyber chase i'd never seen before and they recasted digit because gilbert godfrey passed away Oh my God! I didn't even think about that. All star cast: Gilbert Godfrey but, and Christopher. Oh Christopher yeah, Lloyd. that that's a that's a duo for you. My but, God. Yeah, they're still doing episodes even as recently as like 2022 or something like that. So, yeah, it's still going. I mean, on. it's. it's I mean, I look. I don't. I don't generally watch children's TV these days. Um, so I don't have anything to compare to. But um, I I don't yeah. think. Nothing really compares to 90s children's TV was just peak television. Today, it's like Paw Patrol and Lululemon and Doc McStuffins. And I'm just like, what the heck is all of this? Like, what are these names? Who who came up with the name Lululemon to, for a TV series? I don't even know what it's about, but uh, heck, I may be talking about a store. I'm not even talking about a <laughs> show. I don't either. I don't. I know nothing. 
don't maybe is is Louie I don't watch I don't even watch normal TV. Coco Melon is the show. I forget. Coco Melon. I think is... Coco Melon. I or is it a music or something? I don't know. Oh that's shoot! Wrong yeah, question. I, that's exactly what I did. Coco Melon is a musical artist. Lululemon is a store. So I. Oh my God. I don't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> That's funny. That's how out of the loop I am with kids' TV shows. So I'm not even going to try. <gasps> okay, my number two, yeah? Yep. Um, My number two is actually a bit of a cop-out because I didn't want to have to waste two um, spots for one of my favorite top five elements that we ever did. And again, it's thanks in part to Dominic Jones helping us produce that episode so that it was easier to edit. Um, But our John Williams series is one of my favorites because we had to dedicate an entire episode just to the hosts talking about our favorite tracks because our discussion was that long. Taking in all the responses from everybody that was sending us their favorite John Williams tracks took up an entire episode and we had to cut it off and make like a part two, basically. Right. Because there was so much love for John Williams. And so I'm, I'm putting them together as my number two, because I, I feel like they are meant to be listened to back to back anyways. Yeah. Kind of one big episode. So I, I totally, totally agree with your cop out. (laughs) It, it was it was so much fun and and it's one that I absolutely highly recommend for its re-listenability factor. Like even if John Williams has done the film score for the new Indiana Jones movie or whatever, like his comprehensive work that we got to talk about um, is just unparalleled to this day. And so the the rewatchability, the re-listenability factor for that particular duology is going to stand the test of time i feel like yeah it's crazy how like not just top five film scores which we which we've done it was just top five in just one artist one composer and it was just a massive one track from one composer and it didn't like like across the stars from episode two and then it could be Journey to the Island from Jurassic Park. And then it could be the Jaws main theme. Like, it was all over the place. And they were all spectacular. Just great. So good. So good. Um, so my number two is not that. But it is something musical. Um, and it follows the same trend of I had a lot of fun editing this one. This is one that, like, I think about editing. And I'm like, I'll never be able to top that. That's probably the best episode I've ever edited and it's the number 232 top five songs we always jam out to. And it was just, I still remember some of my selections and some I don't remember. So I'm about to, I need to go back and listen to that one myself, but um, just, just an all, just a fun episode. And I loved inserting all the tracks into there and hearing everyone's things because everyone had, everyone's different. It's so, so diverse. There's so much music out there. Um, and just getting to, getting to put all that together and make it sound, make it sound good was a lot of fun in post. So that was an episode that 
thrilled me as a creator and also just just I'm sure it was um, I at least hope it was good to listen to. I have a little surprise for you. Oh. If I can get this to work correctly. <laughs> and uh, you, that's sometimes you never know. Sometimes it's going it to work does. right. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. Uh, Technology. Where you got to love it. Check out your uh, Facebook Messenger. Oh, oh, I think I remember this. So after we created our five, it was very well received. And we were requested to make a top 25. And some of them overlapped. We had a few that we we both selected. Um, But then uh, it turned into a three-hour-long Spotify playlist. (laughs) There's some hits on here, man. Where we alternated with some great, great bops. I mean, Bohemian Rhapsody, Mr. Blue Sky, Piano Man, September... Hungry Like the Wolf, Take the Long Way Home, Hooked on a Feeling, Only Want to Be With You, Live and Let Die. Like, I think you and I are just both into classic tunes. Yeah, I mean, I look, I I like music from all eras, but there's a sweet spot in there. And uh, yeah, yeah, there's some there's some good cla- the classic rock is kind of my jam, quite literally. We, we 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 did good with that one. I actually I think I have another one out there somewhere. Um, that was the uh, top five lists that were submitted by everybody else. Oh, and wow. so I've got I've got music that Steven submitted, that Dan submitted, that Joey submitted, uh, stuff like that, and put it all into like a six or seven hour long playlist that I've also got on my Spotify. So we went pretty hard with uh, with those submissions, and it was it was fun, very fun. Yeah. Okay. But but I want to hear it. I want to know because you put John Williams at number two, so I gotta know what the number one is for you. I mean, it's it's hard to top the original man. It's hard to top the one that started it all and the one that I still am like ninety five percent sure I know the list to. Most of these other ones, I don't have the list memorized, but this one I do. So my my very favorite one is the very first one that we ever did. The top five movies we'd never say no to. Because without that one, we don't have any of the others. If that one wasn't the rousing success that it was, none of these other 40, 50-something top five prompts even exist. So uh, I, I love that list. I love being able to rattle off that list even seven, eight years later. And uh, I feel like it's one that's going to stand the test of time for me. It's a great episode. I, it's it's a, it's one that I, I think I could remember some of mine. Um, I think there's probably there's guaranteed to be at least one Star Wars movie on there. There's guaranteed to be Guardians of the Galaxy on there. Um, and I'd have to go back and Gotta look be, at my list. I think I, I think I, you I, put I think you put Toy Story on there. Oh yeah, that's that's right up my alley. So it's it's just and I don't think I think it probably has changed a little bit. Probably has changed a little bit because there's there's been I've seen some really great movies since I did that episode. So it would be hard to it would be hard to not have it leaks tweaked a little bit since then. But um, that's true. That was a great episode. But it's not my number one. Okay, it's not. 
I love that episode. It probably make my honorable mentions, but my number one is one that was at door number two, and it was. I'm gonna I'm gonna cheat just like you did. I'm putting I know I know I'm I'm cheating here, but it's basically one big episode. It's your I think it starts our top five John Williams tracks and your top five John Williams tracks. I forgot we even done that, but um and I really I can't say much more than what I already haven't said and and. I'm sure if, you, if it's still accessible, definitely go check it out because it's it's a great listen. And, and good to have Dominic on that one because he did a great job of DJing DJ Crazy Train, and uh, oh, yeah, dude. that was just just so much fun. And um, listen to some good John Williams music and something we're all really passionate about and seeing all the passion from the audience. And yeah, you can't really. It's hard to top that one, really is. I think some some of the best, one of the best episodes, two two of the best episodes we've ever done, probably. Oh yeah, yeah. I think for our tenth anniversary, we're gonna do top five best IPC episodes. That would that would we're just gonna get more meta. There you go. And we're just we'll, gonna get we'll, even we'll, more we'll meta. Right, when we'll we right back the, where we started. When we hit a decade of a of of IPC, we're gonna look back at like. All right, what were some of our best episodes that we'd ever done? What were some real bangers? And as much as I hate to admit it, I think one of our best episodes was our review of The Last Jedi. (laughs) I didn't care for the movie, but it was one of the best produced and best received episodes we'd ever done. It was super in-depth. I think it was... I think it was pretty balanced in regards to the diversity and opinions. And some people can, you know, I think it's important to have some avatars on a podcast, people that can they can sympathize with and uh, mm-hmm. and can speak for them. So um, definitely had that because there was varied opinions on that one. Yeah, but I mean, we had great we had a great chat. We had great engagement. It was well produced. We had a lot of fun kind of rotating the guests on and off and stuff. Uh, oh, some God, of my yeah. some some of my first experiences with Mondo were with that podcast and with and during that weekend, and uh, he ended up becoming the best man at my wedding. So, I if uh, if we didn't have that get together, if we didn't have uh, Jedi Pod, then who knows who might have been the best man at my wedding. So, I mean, genuinely, probably one of the best weekends of my life. Um, if I'm being honest. Um, never forget doing that show and then going to Whataburger at 2 a.m. and mm. hearing Mondo's stories, especially a particular story that cannot a, be shared a, on this podcast. A particular um, three-legged story. Yep. Yeah, that's um, just legendary, just legendary time to uh, look back on very fondly. Speaking of Whataburger. <laughs> We got one more thing to do before we can call it a night, and we're okay. approaching we're approaching 1 a.m. So I I don't know how much time you need for this, but I'm hoping eight minutes or less. <laughs> I, 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 you got it, man. You got it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is something that has been a part of IPC since episode one, and here we are nine years later, 361 episodes later. Uh it is time to break out the hashtags. I don't think Steven is even with us on Facebook Live anymore. I think we're just talking to an empty room, but that's fine. You abandon us. We're getting we're getting ready to go to bed anyways. That's fine. Um, let's get out the hashtags one more time because it's time for hashtag barbecue watch. Barbecue. 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 
What have you got for us on this ninth anniversary edition of the barbecue segment? Well, you know, I actually have had a few barbecue experiences lately. Um, something I could talk about maybe in depth in a future episode. We've been back to Mission Barbecue, one of my favorite new barbecue places that I've discovered. They have a location in Texas. I think I tried I to know. look them, and they're not anywhere near me. And they're like super like it feels like a place you'd find in Texas. Like they're so just patriotic. They love their veterans and their first responders. That's very, cool. very patriotic type of place. Um, they even give uh, if you're if you're a vet yourself, something like that, they'll give you a discount um, on certain days. So uh, great, good great, great American um, place to eat. Um, but I'm not going to talk about that tonight. I'm not going to talk about that tonight. Um We'll talk about Mission Barbecue. I've talked about Mission Barbecue, Barbecue at nauseum previously. I'll rave about it, and I'll talk about it more because I'll probably go back at some point because they're building one actually like, pretty close to me actually. So it's pretty great. Um, what I am going to talk about is I'm going to talk about corn chips. You like a good chor- you like a good corn chip, don't you? A good corn chip, like the like the like ones Fritos, for- like Fritos. Oh, okay. For okay, I thought you meant like 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 for chips and salsa. <laughs> Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. But I'm talking I, about the I, corn, I corn chip Fritos. I'm, I'm talking like I'm talking like Tex-Mex food. When I hear corn chip, I'm thinking like, okay, are we talking like a tostada? Are we talking right, like an on the right, border? Right. Are we talking chilies? Okay, I'm following you. Okay, yeah. So I'm glad I'm glad we got on the same page there because because uh, I, I I didn't mm-hmm. think about the fact that you could take that in multiple different ways. But yes, I'm talking about your your Frito corn chips, and there's sometimes there's other brands that do it. Recently discovered. Some great – sometimes they'll come in different flavors. Like, for example, if you go to Walmart, they have great value brand chili cheese corn chips okay. that I think are pretty good. But even better is they have great value honey barbecue corn chips. And the reason I say this is because I think if you have a Walmart near you, which most people within the sound of my voice should, you should be able to get these. And I highly recommend going out and grabbing a bag next time you are at Walmart because they are great. Some of the best chips I've ever had in my life. They are so good. Um, Because I was just in the Walmart like, okay, well, I'll try these. Like honey barbecue sounds good. You know, whatever. I've had the speaking of Whataburger, I've had the honey barbecue chicken sandwich at Whataburger. That's yes, a sir. good thing. Um, yes, it's a good sir. sandwich. Um, I'm like, I oh, good honey and barbecue. That's pretty good. These things are heavenly. These are good corn chips. Um, and I'm not usually like I like corn chips. Um, but I'm not usually like ah, sometimes the flavors give me they. These are really good. So I'm I'm saying this as a public service announcement. Go out to your local Walmart and get some of these. You will not be disappointed. Some great, great barbecue. Um, stuff uh, comes in a package you wouldn't necessarily expect. I think that would go great for Frito pie. I think, yes, absolutely, it would. I think I think some ground meat and some cheese, maybe a little bit of sour cream mixed in there. 
all on top of man i'm getting hungry now yeah see that and see i'm not i'm not a big snacker i don't really like i don't eat a lot of chips and stuff like that i'm like i'll eat them with my meal occasionally but i'm not really into that thing these things are like i have to eat some and then i'm saying take the bag away from me because i'll eat them all it's bad I, i have become that way with avocado flavored takis (laughs) <laughs> I don't I don't know how far Takis go. I feel like they're a national brand though. But they're like rolled up corn chips and they're usually spicy. But they've made like avocado guacamole flavored ones for basic people like me. And even though the green powder gets all over my fingers, I can finally participate in having Takis with my Hispanic wife. And so she'll eat the spicy ones and then she'll dip them in Cholula. Like, she takes spicy Takis and then puts Cholula hot sauce on top of them to make them even hotter. And me, I'm taking my somewhat mild guacamole flavored Takis, and I'm dipping them in, like, ranch or sour cream and, like, making them even more mild. So, like, we're on very opposite ends of the spectrum in that regard. But we can bond over Takis now, and so maybe now we can bond over these corn chips as well because they sound fantastic. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna be doing the whole doing the whole finger thing, which is like your hands are just gonna be you can't touch your phone or anything because you're just like like oh god. Yep. Yep. Can't let any let single thing go. I definitely see that in in my future. Oh my gosh, Jeff White is tuning in right now. Jeff Jeff Jeffrey White. Oh my god. He says that Takis also makes taco shells too. That's that's dangerous that is dangerous information <laughs> cannot believe we've had nine years of ipc that's so incredible i remember the first episode knowing that the show would make it uh never knowing that the show would make it through all of these years um yeah man i i had no idea what was going to happen in episode one and i i had no idea that it would make it all the way to 361 but I am so incredibly glad that it did. And if I can get sappy for 20 seconds, I met one of my best friends on this podcast. And I know it's been almost two years since we've actually seen each other in person, but I am a different person because of this show and because of your friendship. And I know that we don't do the episodes as much as we used to or as much as we would probably like to. But I very much enjoy the opportunities that I do still get to do life with you, even if it is for just a couple of hours. Uh, This show has has made me a different person. You've made me a different person. And for that, I'm very grateful. I gotta say, I, I appreciate the kind words and the feeling is absolutely mutual. It's been an absolute joy, joy to do this show, especially with you. Um, and just, you know, getting to hang out and just chat and having a, 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 a place because, yeah, I always had the Star Wars Underworld podcast and that was a fun place to talk about Star Wars, but. I've I've my fandoms have grown and probably because of IPC, I've had an outlet to go and talk about other things besides Star Wars. Um, 
and it's just helped me become a better person a better podcaster um but i you know as i said i learned how to edit doing this show um all around just the experiences that we've had and you know it, it kills me that uh we can't do the show more often because I it was it would took a, it took a while to kind of get used to the oh I'm not doing IPC this week oh crap you know that that was things because uh, yeah. things and it's it's all it makes it even more special now that like I haven't talked to you in a little bit we get a chance to catch up and, and do the show again and it's like old times and uh, you know maybe maybe hopefully one day life will get easier life will get less complicated I don't think that's going to happen i think it'll probably just get more complicated but um i would love to do the show more often i would love to do more of the show i, I heck i would do a freaking podcast every day if i could okay let's just be honest if um, i got paid but, to do it i would i've yeah. got ideas for like five or six different podcasts that i would want to do but i don't i don't have the income if i ever win the lottery i'm becoming a full-time podcaster <laughs> You and me both. Okay, one of us has to get rich. Okay, we have to make this work at some point. I'll, I'll um, pay yourself to stay home and podcast with me, and we'll just we'll just watch TV for the rest of our lives. <laughs> Got to live the dream. We'll, we'll get there one day. We'll get there one day. But until then, um, it's been fun, and it's been a joy to do this show, and enjoy continue doing this show as yep. much as possible. Um, like I said. I feel really bad about listening about uh, missing a show last last month um, because, like I said, we, we, doing a show once a month is bad enough, but when we miss one, it's really bad. Um, but we'll try to make sure that doesn't happen again. Uh, um, and I look forward to next month and whatever else we do because I, it, it does it comes around quicker than you think, um, and it makes these episodes all that more special. Does indeed does indeed but uh it's after 1 a.m officially 2 a.m oh my god it's like 11 p.m speaking of a throwback out. remember remember our rogue one episode we started at like 1 a.m <laughs> we we started it on the west coast at like midnight i think and we went for like three hours or something and it was like 3 a.m on the west coast and it was like 5 6 a.m on the east coast and Joey said, it's like waking up to a morning show. And I'm like, you, you mother bleeper. This is bedtime for me. But uh, yeah, that was that was a fun episode. And then uh, George said in the chat that Infinity Pod was one of his favorites. Infinity Pod was, oh, a, yeah. was, a, was a great discussion, too. We've had so many great discussions, and I can't wait for whatever next great discussion is in store. But we do need to go ahead and call it a night. We do need to finally put this show and then myself to bed. Ben, thank you for nine phenomenal years, and I am looking so forward to what lies ahead. Oh, well, thank you for putting up with my crap and uh, waiting and being patient when I'm stuck in traffic trying to get to the podcast and do it um, and just – being a great friend and a great co-host and uh yeah it's been fun and i don't don't want it to end okay i'm gonna do this until i die okay let's just be honest i won't be i'm gonna be i'm gonna croak on, on air okay that's that's my plan anyway One of these um days, so, celebrate our 1000th episode or something that's, like that. hey, i mean gotta gotta get there sooner or later this is, so, this is uh, a retirement plan whenever i finally <laughs> retire 
I'm just reviving weekly episodes of IPC. How about that? Hey, I mean, look, I just turned 31. Okay, I'm like halfway there. Like, you know, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll just uh, eventually we'll get there and just, uh, just hang out. Okay, I'll have nothing better to do. I can't wait until I have nothing else to do but podcast and do IPC episodes. But it'll yep. be a little while until we get there. But um, it's late, guys. It's getting late. The famous words. It's getting late. It's gotten it's late. Getting it isn't late. getting late. It is late, and we need to it's shut been. this show around right now and before we die. It's been late, uh, but thanks to everybody that joined us in the chat. I know Jeff joined a little bit late, but I appreciate him, and I appreciate Stephen. Tony was in the chat earlier. George over on Mixler. Uh, these are the these are the hardcores, the diehards, the super loyals. Uh, Joey and Matthias for sending in lists. Dan for contributing like he always does. Uh, this show would not be what it is without you guys. So thank you very much for being a part of these nine years with us. And here's to whatever lies ahead but that is going to do it for the ninth anniversary episode of ipc for ben i'm zach signing off for now and we'll see you all next time but until then good night everyone no!